Welcome to the Comfort Podcast. I'm Dom, I play bass and sing. And I'm Liam, and I play guitar and sing. So, thanks to everyone that listened to the last episode. Uh, it's been a little while between, but um, we've had a new single come out, and we've announced the, our second record, Experience Everything, Live and Die. It's going to be out November 11th on Grayscale Records. We've got all our pre-orders up on Artist First website or the Grayscale website. We've got some really nice vinyls there and some cool merch ideas, so... Um, check that out, and if you haven't pre-ordered, go for it now. We've got uh, three vinyl variants, and uh, we've got a motherfucking candle. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, the vinyl variants we have, we've got a, an ultra clear with a purple, orange, and white splatter that looks sick. We've got a Grayscale Records exclusive that's purple with some black marble, and if you go to the Artist First website, we also have an Artist First exclusive that's purple, gold, and black marble with like an AB variant kind of thing that looks kind of sick for all you vinyl nerds out there. You may have noticed also on the merch and uh, on our artwork for the singles and on the album itself, uh, we have a bunch of drawings that go along with it, so Dom actually drew... Uh, an illustration for every song on the record and then we have the our main little uh plant skull candle boy that's kind of the our little like marker of this record kind of encapsulates the varying themes of life and death and growth um and things like that so um yeah have a look at all those little drawings that dom agonized over um yeah they're, they're really cool and yeah on the merch as well but um, yeah, so I guess conformist is what we're here for. Um, I guess uh, sonically, a bit of a throwback to the older comfort sound, a bit angry and yelly, um, which everyone loves and writes on our Facebook and YouTube comments every now and then. <laughs> uh, but no, yeah, like I think that's that's one of the things about our band is um, no matter what happened before, we you know as we always say, nothing's linear. One day we might write the heaviest thing, next day we'll write the softest, but it doesn't mean the next thing is going to be anything of the same or different. It's, you know, what it's going to be. Um, in saying that, the next single's not going to be the same. But uh, <laughs> one after, you might like if you don't like the next one. Um, but yeah, Conformist. Uh, sonically, it's a bit heavy and sludgy and grungy. Um I guess you, you started this one um, just playing chords on like an acoustic guitar and you had like this yeah. idea for years and years until you brought it into the jam room. Do you want to talk about that? Yeah, well, so it was, it kind of happened accidentally. I was um, trying to figure out what the chords were to a Julian Baker song called Even, um, one of my favorite songs, fucking just the saddest thing ever. It's literally just the same two chords and her singing over and over and I was just yeah sitting in my room one day trying to figure out what it was and um added another little chord in there and just kind of kept playing and for me I guess how all the songs start is I'm a real chords guy just like as soon as I get that vibe from whatever it is is um gives me this feeling that I'm like okay we've got something here and that's what um conformist was but yeah it was um originally just this little chill acoustic-y thing that I'll I'll put in here um, just to show you how basic the original idea is. Yeah, so you can see from that it's a pretty, pretty basic original idea. And um, yeah, we were just practicing one day years ago now, and I think I just started playing it and 
uh, as you know happens when you bring an idea to three other people it kind of grows its own life from there when everyone puts into it and you know it's hard to keep a chill chord thing when you've got a full band going on and yeah it kind of that what that original thing ended up being was just the yeah the chorus for um conformist and we just kind of added the rest as we as we went i think what happens when you bring like a chord progression into the room and start playing it and you like you say you have three other people with their own ideas come into it is like you get this very naturally jammy kind of vibe mm. where it's like um you're you all get on the same page very quickly and then like like i'll be like okay so what's these chords figure them out play something on bass and then from there it might evolve into like a little lick here and there and then marcus is like okay what can i do with this and starts playing like something up in a higher register and um i think the first time we we started jamming it it was quite a bit slower Mm. and we were actually going through like in this really slow jammy sort of thing and like like classic ass everything went too long <laughs> and we had to sort of shorten it um tighten it up and then like speed it up a little bit play with the tempo and see what was going to sit best when you actually sit down and record it um yeah i think it was one of those annoying things that happens where we did end up demoing a full song out and then realized it needed to be sped up so we do it again and that's the the one of the least fun things. And then I think we even sped it up again when we actually recorded it with Jimmy. We did actually, yeah. <laughs> so it was like, it was quite a bit slower the first couple of times we were playing it. Mm. One, of, along. one of the one of the other things about the song is, um, I think what happens sometimes, you can get a bit of, I think it's just kind of like dis- decision fatigue. So um, some parts, I guess, I think sometimes less thought can go into them. So I think this one, it was just originally had this kind of stock standard bridge in there that was just another kind of chordy bit um nothing too special and we kind of had it the demo sitting around for ages and um it kind of always was in the back of my mind going like this isn't the best just instrumental kind of thing the song could have and i was listening to uh say us in one day the um in search of solid ground search of solid ground album and uh i keep my secret safe has this really cool um kind of breakdowny bridge um and for whatever reason i was just like oh something like this could do work really well in conformist and because i'm a lazy lazy man i texted or i messaged marcus being like hey can you just do a bridge like this in conformist so i don't have to <laughs> and as marcus does he did nailed it and that is um yeah now the bridge in conformist obviously a little bit different than um the the inspiration so mm. and then um yeah then Dommy did his uh nice yells over that which seems to have gone do- down well um mm. and yeah i think it's a just a cool kind of thing for our band i think it's a good also representation of what this album is as well it's like a um i think we tried to lean in to what every song should be so like instead of saying we don't want to be like heavy anymore or whatever it is um we're just like this song suits going down that direction so we did you know we've never really done a breakdowny part like that in a song before so much and we're just like this is what this song needs to be so we did it and um i think it helps like pick the energy back up after that sure. chorus between the next chorus if you kept it like similar to the chorus chords going over and over it's like, yeah, you get that jammy, like we played it in the jam room vibe, but 
the energy kind of stays the same and you can't build it like yeah. that. So to hit the bridge with like the um, the the, uh, the guitars in like your left and right and, and the real breakdown kind of thing, it tended to bring that track up to a higher level from the choruses, even though the choruses are quite high energy. Yeah, I think, yeah, very much needed in there. Um, anything else about the actual music on this one? Uh, Isaac nailed the drums. He again. did nail the drums. Um, yeah, he, well, he nailed the drums on the whole record. The whole really? record, yeah. yeah. You nailed the bass too, man. Oh, thanks, dude. No, no worries, man. <laughs> um, actually, vocally, was um, was the hardest bit vocally in this song? To perform or to write? Both. Um, and record. I'm, I'm, I have, like, I can remember the bridge was, I won't say painful, but... Um, I remember recording it and just because of how loud your voice is, um, <laughs> it's kind of etched in my memory, just screaming that, trying yeah. to get the perfect take and not get the perfect take. Um, for those who don't know how recording works, you often have to get the perfect take twice. Yeah. Um, yeah. so yeah. Imagine being in a tiny little room with Dom just screaming his, um, lungs out to that bridge. It's uh yeah. Everyone that's ever recorded me. Um, goes okay yeah I'll lower the gain because I say yeah I'm pretty loud um, and then I do the first take and they're like whoa, 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 whoa. and then like <laughs> hang on hang on I'll have to fix this gain like, yeah I told you but, <laughs> but it happens almost every time um, I guess the the most difficult part to record is probably actually the softer stuff in the verse because there's so much um, that you can play around with and change yeah, right. like with like putting vibrato here or the way you deliver that line. Um, it takes me a lot longer, even though it's maybe easier uh, on my voice. Yeah. True, um, that makes so sense. it's like, well, yeah, I hit the notes there and it sounded cool, but I can do that nicer. I can do that a little mm. different and it's going to deliver this emotion a little bit um, more closer to, to what I, how I want it. So I, I guess the way it started this song is like um, I had the first verse from like years back and then I was actually singing that one in the jam room. So when we first did it, I was like, oh, this might suit this song. So I only had like the four lines from the first verse and then I had like two lines that I was going to put in the chorus. And it I just I sung the, the verses and then I would scream the whole chorus and it was just like, um, when we got around to it to actually like demoing it out, I thought, does this really need that screamed chorus to be like that the whole way? I don't think it adds anything to have this like long drawn out chorus where the whole thing screamed. And we've never done that before. Um, and I was also thinking, I don't want to do that live. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I was just playing around with a little couple of melodies and stuff. And, um, and I had a couple of lines from that chorus written. I think I just, um, I had like a, I really wanted to start questioning um, like society, societal norms and like the way we all grow up um, being told one thing and then find out another or whatever. Um, I was thinking like this this information is there. How, how do I sort of like, like the lyrics say, like rearrange it into something we can digest, something we can like um, actually work with and, and use. So I just had these like couple of little lines with no real structure to them and like these ideas. So I just started playing around. There's like a like a um, almost like a chanty thing. Like I want to be the voice of the people. Did you? So, can I cut you off? Sorry. Yeah, sure. Um, did you have any? Did anything inspire the 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 phrasing or the melody for the chorus, or was it just it just kind of came to 
like that it just came in your brain that's how it's going to work on top of the music it just came to me so so what i usually do if i'm not happy with a part is i'll take it out of the track and then put the um put just that one section on loop and just keep toying around and singing something like just different melodies sometimes there's no words it's just like a like a like sounds and then you yeah, sort of figure yeah. out what your sometimes it feels like almost your brain is trying to put words to the paper but um, like you haven't sent those words to your mouth yet. So yeah, you, you yeah. just get these little sounds and you, you get a feel about like what what is it that I'm actually trying to say here? And you have these ideas, but nothing specific that you're in words that you've actually written down. Mm. So I just had this kind of like chanty thing going and I actually wrote this one on a day where I was like mowing the lawn <laughs> or mowing my dad's lawn. So it like, <laughs> it's a big lawn. It takes like four hours. So it's just All right, like- All right, we go. You got a big lawn. <laughs> And um, I was just like, had this part on repeat and I just kept like pause, go back and re- repeat it again. I'm just going over and over and um, eventually had this kind of like chanty thing. And I think I just had like the first um, four lines and I was like, what can I do to, instead of like just repeating this, I want to expand the idea and work with that. So um might talk about lyrics a little bit later, but that's how um, that sort of came about. Because initially it was just like this, one high note sort of yell screamed yeah um over and over and yeah. i was like it doesn't really serve the the part or how i want the song to end up mm. so i i think i just like recorded a little thing on voice memos or something and then sent it and we're like what do you think does this work mm. um well it's, it's just one of those choruses where just like it's just like it's a very well written chorus melodically it's just like oh yeah like someone good wrote that if you know what i mean i don't know just the Thank way you. just the way it flows like i know josh um mariel was pretty pretty horny when he heard this chorus <laughs> hey, I, th- I think he said that um straight away i think this might be the best comfort song i've ever heard so yeah. um it's just one of those ones where it feels like a real like a, just a real high quality i don't know how to describe it properly it's just like like, not a shitty band wrote that chorus. Right. I had nothing to do with it, just so the the ego doesn't sound... Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, well, then, to give someone else's words um, some light, shout-out to Connor Hickman, who messaged me about it, saying, like, he thinks it's the... feels like on this record, our phrasing delivery is more well thought out. And uh-huh. I think... I think that for for me, I don't know about you, because you also have some sick phrasing and some other songs we haven't released yet. Um, but for me, I think that actually came from listening to a fair bit of hip hop to try and um, try and expand the way I can phrase and move things around and like play mm. with the timings yeah. of stuff. So I was listening to lots of like um, Outcast and and like just people that really use like they might not use their their melody as their tool but they yeah. use like the phrasing of mm. and, and how they spit it out as a tool so it's like yeah, how true. can i use that and intertwine it together um and i think that's how i got to sections like this mm. um we'll go back to the first first just want to sh- uh, say quickly if you hear snoring we've got my uh french bulldog ranger um, just sleeping right at our feet <laughs> next to me uh, so apologies for that that's what he does um, don't hold it against him. Um, but yet, yeah, so this, I guess this song in general is probably a bit of a, a not t- sensitive or touchy, just a pretty, um, it's like, I guess something you've never really talked about in kind of any facet of your life. Mm-hmm. Um, it's 
probably even there's people that know you or have known you for a long time that also may um, have questions about the nature of this song, um, family even. Uh, but yeah, I guess without saying anything else, what's this first verse to you? Yeah, so um, this is the first, the first sort of thing that I put to paper when I was maybe questioning reality a little bit more, like as you get older and, and um, like into your early 20s and mid 20s, you start to question as everything I've been taught being um, true or what, what is like the nature of truth and you start really, really questioning your existence, I guess. Mm. Um, and so this first verse was just a bit of a throwback to like um, when I was a kid, I was actually like terrified of uh, hell and like going to going and burning for eternity and and i think a lot of kids are and a lot of people that get brought up with that idea get afraid of that and i was listening to um i can't remember what the podcast is called now but with um the guys from emory and oh, yeah. they did this whole podcast on like is hell a real place like biblically speaking and i think they got to the um the conclusion that like there's not even really any reference to hell in the Bible. And that started questioning like, well, how come I've been told about going to hell? And like, if I sin, I'm going to go to hell. If I don't believe in God, I'm going to go to hell. Um, my whole life when like, there's not really any specific reference to hell within the Bible. There's only like a, two little things that talk about, um, I guess like condemnation, but not so much hell as a place. Yeah. Right. Um, which is surprising to a lot of people, especially when they, like you grow up just hearing from other people and then mm. um, if you just take their word for it, you go on and teach your kids or other people that same thing as well. Mm. Um, so that was my first sort of start to questioning my reality. Um, and I just want to throw back in those, in these lyrics here of like what I was actually really scared of was like, um, sure, hell, but eternity in general and this concept of like living forever and never being finished was, and it still scares me because like, I think things are eternal. I think I don't know if consciousness is eternal and I don't know if like, um, everything we're made of is eternal and whether I will live on in some sense. So it always scares me, but, um, this was a throwback to a very specific kind of eternity that I was very scared of as a child. Yeah. Well, I, I think it's my twenties. Yeah. yeah. I think I, I like it cause it's one of those things where it's kind of like, it just throws you into the song and like brings up these references without, I guess, giving you what the subject's about to begin with. It's just mm. like, they're just kind of like, obviously if you have any kind of understanding or vague knowledge of that world, mm. um, you know, trumpets is a, is a, one of the like the signs about yeah. what that could be about but well in revelations they talk about the seven trumpets that sound when um jesus christ comes back to earth to um save his people and actually bring on like create earth as the new hell is what happens yeah right. so um yeah there was this there was this like period in my life where i was very quite afraid of like not just um not just like eternity and and hell and not being able to like live out my days in heaven or whatever. But like, I didn't want my days on earth to be finished. I wanted to have like a life like everyone else had. And I was like, what mm. if this happens? Like when I'm a kid and I don't get experience all this yeah. stuff. 
Um, and it's kind of like, to me, felt like a very bizarre fear that I didn't feel like anyone else had. Yeah. Of like, I'm not going to live out my days. Because you, you're told to be like rejoicing in, in, in like the return of Christ and, and whatever. So it, I guess it was like some of the beginning of my disbelief was to then write these mm. down and put them to paper. Yeah. Well, I, I think with a lot of um, these and ideologies in general, and, you know, whether, whether it's intentional intentional or not, um, and I don't know what level that intention starts, but they, they very, very often um, put people in this state of fear and guilt um, you know, which you describe and you, you see a lot of people describe and, you know, when you're in the state of fear and guilt that it also leads to, um, you know, your, uh, and I mean this in, in the least kind of wanky conspiratorial sense, but like you're a lot easier to control if you're scared and guilty and questioning your, you know, your waking reality and mm. your, what you need to do to, you know, not be in internal damnation. And mm. I think these things, you know, these kind of ideologies that you're, you can be brought up under because our minds are so, you know, they're just sponges. And if you're not told to question something at some point, you might never question it. And they place these walls up in your mind that can restrict your thinking and willing. And to be clear, like, I don't think this is anyone's anyone in particular's fault no, it's no. like just yeah. the way that ideas evolve mm. and um ideas work in the same way as like um genealogy so like you talk about like the richard dawkins idea of a meme or mm. memeology is that ideas have this life form that kind of like um evolve within the public conscious and like the zeitgeist and they um, they figure out ways to survive. Mm. And that is one of the ideas that the idea has manifested in its way to survive and like live on. Yeah, yeah. So and it's not it's not a person's fault. Oh, no, like, no, no. It's, it's just, that's what I mean. Like whether it's intentional or not, you know, these things happen. And I think, yeah, they, they can restrict your thinking and willingness to engage in, you know, new experiences or ideas. And I think what ties into this record as well um, is, you know, we, we should go into almost all things with open minds to Definitely, uh, experience yeah. whatever that thing is going to show you or teach you. But if you already have this kind of limiting belief that, uh, you know, things are figured out or, um, you know, you go into a situation with already with the assumed knowledge of what that thing is or isn't, you know, you're not going to, you're not going to get the full truth or experience from that thing. Um, and you're never going to be, you know, able to grow or learn properly because you'll have this kind of thing that has been implanted that is, you know, limiting what you even think is possible. Yeah. Um, and you know, there's so much research. We're all guilty of it too. Well, yeah, so in, in so many different ways. Yeah. Like this is just one very big, yeah. um, good example that has, you know, kind of caused a lot of damage and a lot of good um over the years but it's it's one of those things that you can't and we can't kind of assume anything is known i mean the mm. not to totally derail things um like i do uh but i was just listening to this guy called donald hoffman talk recently and he was saying um he's like kind of on the cutting edge of uh consciousness and things and one of the guys that you know 
may figure out what is really going on and hard problem yeah and his whole thing is that you know we've literally been designed and evolved not to know the truth Mm. um like it's it's not a bug it's a feature because um if you know the truth of something it doesn't help you as a you know an animal uh to live on as your species and keep exactly like you've got to kind of block out the truth Mm -hmm. and that's what a lot of our um default mode network um can be um is responsible for you know we like when you think about whatever our species is at any level like we're designed to fucking eat Mm -hmm. and whether you think that's true or not like if you get horny and hungry you're not deciding to get those two things you know something our biology is driving us in a particular way that we have no choice over and you've kind of got to think you know we've we've got to this point of this species where we've got um there's this the i think it's like the best quote ever or it really explains kind of like 90 percent of what the fuck's going on in our world it's like we've got um paleolithic brains medieval institutions and godlike technology <laughs> um you know with our brains are the same as they were when we were trying to like scourge um around the plains and or find a fire yeah. Uh, yeah and now we've got like yeah just everything at the tip of our fingers and we've got people that like our brains were kind of designed to not be nice like it was it's survival of the fittest not the survival of the nicest like and that's what you see when you have um people in positions of power it's like that's when the you know our old brains don't know what the fuck's going on because it's been taught to power and consumption and hoarding of you know resources is what keeps us going but we've been placed in this kind of like video game where that's now turned into money and power over the masses which Mm. just leads to you know everyone like everyone says how bad the world is at the moment but no one thinks about why Mm. that is the case and then to sort of like um get back to the skip, song well yeah to, to, to skip skip the arguments of free will or yeah. like, you know, of yada 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 and bring it back to the song he's like i wrote this first verse with all of this stuff in mind and i had some other ideas but i thought i don't want to like a lot of people so leave christianity in some capacity and hold on to this bitterness of like why was i brought up like this to and like i've got all these feelings of guilt and it's all these people's fault whereas like um you can leave in any capacity and then still be thankful for the things it gave you. So it's like, I don't really want to bring that negativity around something that kind of made me who I am mm. um, for a long, long time. I don't want to sing about that so negatively all of the time. So I, I used it as like a starting point to um, then try and question like the greater things in our society, like, um, our politics and how everything is kind of designed to keep knowledge from us and um, or present it to us in a way that we actually can't figure out what's going on um, and without going like conspiratorial again it's like there's this group of people that exist within a space in uh, higher up or politics or whatever that hold on to most of the wealth in the world mm. um, and I'm not complaining because we have a lot of wealth in Australia and we're very lucky to live here and there's a lot worse off. But most of the wealth is kept to these small group of people that 
hide that knowledge and make it difficult to for everyone else to build. And maybe it's also not their fault either because it's just they were born into that system and it keeps moving on and on. Well, well to ironically, one of my favorite quotes ever is from Saint Someone and it's forgive them father for they know not what they do. Yeah. Which is again what our fucking species is doing. We've yeah, got all yeah, these yeah. things driving us and you know by the time you're 18 like you didn't have much say in what the fuck happened to you. No. But it's it's led to you to be whatever person and personality and thing you are. So, you know, it's a uh, like it's and it's like it's like when we look at an animal and it's if it's a vicious dog or whatever you're like oh that dog was abused so that's why it's doing this yeah but when you can when you attribute the same things to people yeah it's like, like this person's a bad person yeah. and you're like but bad things happened to that person to make them that to make way. them that and now obviously that's another question of where the responsibility lies after that but if you're in this kind of closed off position which you know everyone is to whatever degree they everyone's closed off to some viewpoint if you never get the consequences or someone guiding you to the right step you know like like i i was i had mental health stuff when i was younger but for whatever reason i got to the point where um through luck and through privilege like i was able to overcome that to some degree but like some people just literally never get shown there's a different way it's like why yeah. people think like um like have bad viewpoints of specific minorities but mm. it's like that's the reality for a lot of people like it's hard to break out of those things no matter what kind of paradigm you've been stuffed into and we've been lucky to be exposed to um people or things that show us different ways of being and mm. how we can like fix these little things that happen to us and go wrong and, and um, come out the other side. It was like, you can only be what you can see. Mm. So if, if you are only ever seeing like the bad examples, it's like a self-perpetuating machine where you, it's very difficult to escape. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like you can't, you don't, yeah, you don't know what you don't know. You can't kind of imagine this new thing that you've never experienced. And it's the same reason why you can be indoctrinated into these beliefs that again, like, they've served humanity to some degree because you know they it's kind of what we we're talking about just before like these things they've uh, helped us stay here they've helped us stay here yeah community and um but there's it's... so many great things that that um ideologies can do but um the bad things are the part that i'm sort of focusing on and that that does come back to politics a lot as well as religion but um and in whatever capacity that they are intertwined um, the the other bit that I guess in this song that is, I would say most uh, thematically tied to the first verse is the the pre-chorus bridge. The mm-hmm. um, I still feel nothing. I still hear nothing. What, yeah. What does that uh, directly kind of mean? Um, so I, I guess that is coming from a place of like me trying to talk to a higher power and, and not being able to communicate despite a great deal of trying um and never really feeling like like always feeling like it was something imagined um in the way that i was talking i'm like well is this i think i'm talking to myself in my own consciousness here um and and funnily enough a a lot of people that leave ideologies or religions come to that conclusion when they're a lot younger than i was so it was like i was a little bit late to the party but, um, I mean, and in some degrees, you know, uh, 
some people never get to the party. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and there's also nothing inherently wrong with that. It's just this is the way my life went, mm. and I'm just describing it here in the song, I guess. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and like it, it was again. It was like um, it, it kind of had a double meaning. So I, I was talking about like talking to to a higher power or whatever, but also like not being able to have any sort of clear passage of communication with the people that are controlling the way our lives are lived and the, the people that are like um, deciding on what's legal and what is not and, and like the way a society should function and stuff. Like we don't have any way where we're like, we're in a democracy here, quote unquote. Mm. Um, but we're not, we don't really have any direct passage of change. We, we've got no way of communicating to the people that make that change in a clear way. It's mm. like what this mass wants versus that mass wants and then nothing really happens. It's created, it's like a system that's created to be in gridlock always and nothing really ever changes. Mm. Yeah. So they were like sort of these feelings of like hopelessness and then to go into back in, it goes back into the chorus obviously where like there's hope there. Mm. It's like the the hope of um, uprising might be the wrong word, but revolution of like how can we like recreate this this system and like uh, like it says in the second verse to rationalize reform and refine our lives, which is like a throw. Sorry, uh, Ranger's <laughs> just having a dream. Um, we don't know what he's doing in his dream, but it it sounds like he's having a good time. Um, it's all good. Um, yeah, so, so to like, um, yeah, to rationalize reform and refine, to like kind of rebuild the structures around our life and like um, talk about like the enlightenment where like we have this access to knowledge now and we have, we have the means to be able to make it better. So can we stop using these old systems that are made to create us in gridlock without any knowledge and sort of like use this knowledge to help human flourishing? Mm. Yeah, we're we're in a tricky tricky position, and I think you know we're at one of the precipices of either things getting a lot worse, or hopefully either just getting worse and staying worse, or getting worse and causing some kind of reaction. Mm. Um, but whether that's possible, whether people are aware, um, is a whole other question. But you know, you, you don't have to kind of look too far to realize that shit is fucked to put it quite simply i mean i've, I've always i'm I've, more hopeful than you are but but i i also spend more time looking for the bad stuff um but yeah, I, I think it comes, i intentionally don't yeah i can't stop myself <laughs> but i think i think it comes down to almost one one thing that i've also always wondered since i was a kid because i'm my brain doesn't work the way it's supposed to um but like i've always just been like is this like like we have the means to achieve almost anything in our society now, um, and this is what we chose. Yeah, right. Like, yeah. and like we could rebuild to form anything. Like, people say, "Where's the money come from?" It's like, well, they they create that money mm-hmm. for a lot of other reasons that no one's questioning. So, you know, we just yeah, like you look at our medical system. Would if we started from scratch, would we pick that? Our schooling system, if we started from scratch, would we pick that? Yeah, for sure. Our... Just things that evolved because of like lack of knowledge or lack of information, mm. and they've stayed that way because of traditions that don't really yeah. mean anything. We, I th- Which, like, the question people or the thing that um, the statistics kind of say is like the way out of poverty isn't to give everyone money and food, it's to give them education. 
And so education is like the best tool we can possibly have. So it's really trying to get this information to as many people as possible in as short a space of time as possible. So just improving our intellect in general is what's going to help the world out of poverty. Mm. And well, yeah, I, th- I think yeah, access to education and that, mm-hmm. the, the type of education, like it's kind of the meme um, of our generation. It's like, hey, could someone teach me how to do banking? It's like, shut the fuck up and square dance. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like we did, we learned how to square dance in in primary school. Did you Part have that? skills? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. True. Yeah, but it's just you know, like I can remember the amount of times we learnt the Macarena or some bullshit. Oh, sure. yeah, yeah, and yeah. it's like, couldn't we have spent a bit more time like <laughs> teaching people how to think or you know, not? Yeah, I mean, I won't start going down that. But yeah, yeah, you need to teach people how to think and not what to think. Yeah. Um. But yeah, let let's move back on from the lyrics, and I'll go back to um your initial question, which was like, what was the hardest part to perform vocally when we tracked and it was yeah it was the verses because of the nuances but um physically it was the chorus it's so wordy Mm. there's so many like ups and downs and very little space to breathe that it was so hard to get good takes constantly like the the bridge i think i nailed it almost because i was like well i know exactly what i'm hitting i know exactly how to hit it and bang 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 it was kind of done even though it was loud as hell um but yeah, the the chorus was very difficult to to record. <laughs> yeah, well, that that's kind of what I mean as well when I asked when I said before how it just feels like one of those fucking just good choruses because it's just like this package of all little ups and downs and there's no gaps and it's just mm. this really well put together thing um, that yeah we definitely struggled tracking and recording. <laughs> I think like. I think you did. You did a layer. Jimmy did a layer. I think Isaac I, did a layer. Isaac did a layer. Yeah, um, I think, I, think I sung. Us. I think I screamed. Is there a past tense screamed? Of screamed? And... Scrumped? No, <laughs> it's screamed. Scrumped. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I think you did a scream layer. You did a, a soft lower layer as yeah. well. Isaac did a layer. We just wanted as many voices in, in and then, as possible. And to then Jimmy the... came in and did his. One take, I just nailed it. Yeah, <laughs> sitting down at the Thanks, at the Jimmy. desk, like. <laughs> um, but yeah, Jim, our, our friend Jimmy, who did this record, is a uh, very very talented top tier um, vocalist, talented man. Yeah. So I guess with all like the little layers and stuff we put into the chorus, the the idea was to kind of have like we're being like a voice for the people that are being silenced. So we're trying to get all of these voices together. It's like a. a a slow chant that starts and keeps going and that's like the way that I kind of designed the chorus to mm. be like this here's a group of us singing this this isn't just like one person thinking it's like something's wrong how can we fix this let's just rearrange everything and, and figure it out um, I guess that ties up lyrics and music so let's move on to some questions that we got from Instagram questions yeah um, so we've we kind of answered a bunch of them but mm-hmm. one came in from Alex underscore H underscore poet uh, did you guys ever have any sort of faith? If so, why did you leave? Love Conformist, by the way. Um, you kind of pretty much answered this because it's what the song's about. Um, what was there? Um, was there a moment though, or was there a? Why did you leave? I guess I'll let him ask the question. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, I guess there wasn't any like one particular moment. There was lots of little building things. So one of them was the the podcast with the Emery guys, 
um, when they were talking about the existence of hell, which started me questioning my reality. Another one was um, Graham Hancock talking about like the the um, say like sixty thousand years ago, what what the civilizations were doing there, and I started to like deep dive into his work and his books and stuff. Was the what was the Emory podcast the first like seed of doubt? Don't remember. Um, and, uh, I, I guess another factor was, um, free will or lack thereof. And I started to question, uh, I guess, the nature of reality, the nature of my own mind and why do I think things I think, who, who or what allows me to think them? Am I the one consciously thinking them or is this something that's just arising in my mind and it's not by choice that I'm getting these things put in there. So mm. I guess that was the, the little seeds, but, um, I, nothing like made me leave the faith mm. per se. It was just like, this thing served me for so long. Um, I don't think it's serving me any further. I'm going to explore other avenues. Yeah. So I did. Um, I guess for the other guys, there's, we all kind of have a similar, mm-hmm thing um i won't speak to marcus or isaac um but yeah they they were probably more closer to you i'm probably the most odd one out the least indoctrinated um <laughs> although i went to you know did catholic schools uh, yeah well i state primary school but i went to a catholic um high school where you know we had a, a brother living on campus and mm-hmm. stuff like that and i man i remember in um primary school even questioning my religious studies teacher in like grade four or something about something she said where mm. my mind was like that doesn't add up mm. um my little autistic brain noticed that one um i was pretty clued into to the bible my whole life like i i knew all the stories i knew lots of like reasons of to as to why um things could have been historically accurate and like and and sure some of it was um indoctrination but a lot of it was me going like could this really make sense? And then like using Google as a tool when Google was first around and, mm. and figuring out why it would make sense and why it's possible. And, and that's a lot of what I did when I was a kid. Yeah. I mean, I mean, one of the main things for me has always been just like, okay, so everyone in this country believes this one yeah. and everyone that was born in that country believes that one. So, so which it's, is right. it's just geographical because yeah. why like otherwise it would be in a very even split amongst populations yeah so yeah it's very and I, I guess that's something that when all these things were created there wasn't that um you didn't have that ability to kind of zoom out see and, everything else around yeah. yeah um other question little little lee um we kind of answered this again first part of the first course relation to revel they've said revolutions um, but I mean, mean revelations, revelations, so, so. or it could be the Dragon Ball Revolutions movie. <laughs> <laughs> Is it evolution? I don't know, Dragon man. Ball evolution. No, I think no, so. But way, so. anyway, yeah, it was a um, it was a throw to Revelations, um, where they talk about the seven trumpets and uh, me being terrified of the end of the earth or yeah. the end of uh, existence. I guess, which is a nice way to grow up as a child. <laughs> um, Europe tour, God, we hope so. 
Um, who knows? Um, we'll see. Uh, question from our friend Callan, who actually shot the video for Love and Other Drugs. Mm-hmm. Uh, will All Day feature on the album? Um, I wish, but no. I wish. Actually, we when when uh before we kind of figured out what the album was gonna be, um, we're toying around with the idea of doing like a little chill EP. And if we did that, I was really going to try to get all day to do something on a song, but that would have been, that probably would have gone down like a fucking lead balloon with, uh, our heavy fan base. (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh, Coral Reef, uh, what inspired the vibe of this album? Everything. Yeah. So I guess we, um, we always say this, but we write what we want to write at whatever time we are writing. So it's not like a... Like at one point we were all listening to the Dangerous Summer's Mother Nature, so so we're like, okay, well this is sick. I think we can do something in our style that's inspired by this. So we did. In another sense, um, Liam spoke about Sayasin earlier and how we really like that that section in that song off in such a solid gold um, and solid ground. Solid ground is it? Mm. Um, and. Um, Marcus wrote the perfect section to sort of pay homage to that, with, but still make it our own. Mm. Um, so nothing in particular inspired it, and everything in particular inspired. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, that, that's the shortest answer to that question. As always, probably Blink, Angels and Airwaves, um, The Dangerous Summer, and yeah, bands like Take Back Sunday and Say a Sin and Under Oath. Yeah, um, uh, and. Next question from Creepy Ocean, even though this isn't a question. Hope to see you in Italy. I mean, that would be fun. But again, yeah, let's see how this album goes. If you're in Italy, tell your Italian friends to please listen to us. Mm -hmm. Um, Otherwise, yeah, we're not going to go. That's a simple thing. Um, (laughs) No one will see us. (laughs) uh, Tom Seeds, is Conformist a similar tone genre than the rest of the album so no and yes yeah um you know it's as uh, as you'll see from the next single um doesn't sound anything like conformist um and then it also doesn't sound like the fourth single which won't sound like the fifth single but <laughs> there's probably seven songs that are similar sonically yeah and then the others um are a bit softer or poppier, but also have like our sort of heaviness edge to them. Yeah, it's yeah. This that that's the again the thing and kind of why and why we're happy that there's a, a long um, rollout for this album is that we're we're getting to show off every kind of different sound on this album. So the first two were kind of fairly similar, um, but then this third one's gonna throw a spanner in the works, and then just to prank everyone we're going to go bang into the another one after that that sounds nothing like that and then the fifth one is going to sound even more confusing (laughs) um but yeah we um but when you listen to it all front to back i think it has a it all kind of makes sense hopefully um but yeah i think um it's kind of like i hope i hope we're like that kind of when it makes me think of the 1975 where like they've just released their new song like yesterday Mm -hmm. and i go i can tell this is good um this isn't my particular thing but i have full faith in this band that i know i'm gonna like at least half of whatever's on the album yeah and that's kind of what i hope we're kind of like if if 
we swing and miss for you on one thing, like don't lose the faith because, um, yeah, like we will just keep kind of toing and froing between different sounds mm -hmm. as we like. Um, and yeah, I hope that that's kind of apparent on uh, the album. That's all the questions and that's probably the podcast unless I get distracted again. Um, but yeah, thank you for listening con to Conformist. Um, it's again off our upcoming album that we're very excited for experience everything live and die uh we wanted to go with the most pretentious name possible and think we did um but yeah uh we've got a bunch of vinyls you can pre-order well a bunch but that are also limited so get them before they before uh matt farrow buys them all <laughs> um got some cool shirts again a candle which smells very good um and yeah, we've got a, a new song coming up. Uh, it's called Supernova. Um, Featuring AJ Podomo of The Dangerous Summer, who's which, like a hero of ours. So. Yeah, and uh, yeah, we'll do a podcast about that um, when that comes out. We'll also be announcing a tour uh, that may already be announced or may not be announced yet, depending on when I get the motivation to edit this podcast. So if it's announced, hope you like it. If it's not, it's coming soon. We'll be on it, playing songs, some old ones, some new ones. Uh, you'll get to see Dom's moustache in the flesh. or no, the, shaving it. The hair will shave into a bag and you can buy it at the merch stand. <laughs> see you guys next time. Yeah.